Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. We are going to go over nine prayer mistakes. Good to have you on Facebook, good to have you on YouTube, and good to have you on the new Revival Today TV app, which I really wanted to make something from the time we bought this studio that you could just leave on for 24 hours. You can't do that with a lot of Christian television because they'll have somebody speaking on miracles followed by somebody who doesn't believe in miracles. So it's just all over the map. You have like a 30-minute program that you enjoy, uh, and then the next program grates your spirit. But this is all one track. So obviously, if you don't like us in our ministry, you won't like it at all. But if you do like us in our ministry, and God's used us to help you, then you can leave it on on your smart TV uh, on whatever device you have. So if you've not registered yet, do that today because every Friday is going to be only for our friends and partners that have subscribed to that app, Revival Today TV or the Revival Today app. You can get it either way. So do that because every Friday will only be on there. Good to see you, Paul and St. Pete. Raina, more, more Floridians on. We'd love to see where you're on. Headed back to Florida, Missy. Have a safe trip. I'll be down there myself, Lord willing. All right, let's get into it. Nine prayer mistakes. You know, I grew up in church, and um, we don't have any pineapple juice back there, do we? No. I'll just take, uh, let me just have like a water. I want a highball in, in a glass. Not in a coffee mood. Um, I grew up in church, you know, and there would be some people who never had any testimonies. Their, their life never really produced anything, but then there were these unique group of people who knew how to pray and get answers. Hey, Spring, Texas. I'll be there before the end of the year, Lord willing. If you get a chance, go to um, Corkscrew Barbecue for me. Best barbecue I've ever had in Spring, Texas. Good morning in Ohio. So you had these, this interesting group of people that knew how to pray and get answers. You know, I, uh, my mom's oldest sister, my Aunt Linda, she's like that. She prays, and whatever she prays for, she, she, it, it, it comes to pass and comes to pass quickly. I know people, I remember uh, Dr. Benjamin Crandall that pastored in Brooklyn, New York, and was my Bible college president in the first couple years I was at Bible school, he told about having Corey Ten Boom, who su- survived the concentration, the Nazi concentration camps, he had her at his church, and they were in Brooklyn at night, and he said, he said there's nowhere to park. And uh, I think they were just going to make other plans because they couldn't find a parking space. And she said, like, very calmly, my God will give us a parking space. And she prayed, Father, open a parking space for us by the restaurant. And a car pulled right out, which if you've, if you've never been to New York City, Brooklyn or Manhattan, that's akin to raising the dead. So one thing we know about God in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, the Bible says God is no respecter of persons. Write that down. God is no respecter of persons. You know what that means? It means what he does for one, he'll do for anyone. God has laws that he operates by, and he gave them to us in his word. So there's nobody that he just gives prosperity to. There's prosperity laws 
that your life's either in alignment with or out of alignment with. And then the same with prayer. Prayer's not magic. Prayer's not throwing up requests and hoping they get answered. There's very, very specific, maybe more than any other thing that's in the Bible, there's very specific laws that govern prayer. There's things that make prayer successful, and there's things that make prayer unsuccessful. And if you're anything like me, you don't want to waste your time doing anything and not having any, any success. So first, let's talk about prayer. What am I talking about when I tell you about prayer? And then we'll get into nine prayer mistakes. Number one, what is prayer for? Number one, prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Good to see you, Dr. Sarah, in Canada. Good morning from Sydney, Australia. That's awesome. So what? what are, you, are you saying good morning to me, or is it morning there? I, would be, I, I could look it up on my phone, but you can just let me know what, what time it is. I mean, I, I've never been able to figure out what time it is in like Australia and New Zealand. It's, it, they're so far ahead, I lose track. Uh, number, so number what is prayer? Number one, prayer changes things. Prayer is a platform to bring change to things. Uh, Peter was thrown in prison. The church, the Bible says in Acts chapter 12, began to pray very earnestly for him. And he was broken out of prison. There's no record of the church praying for James. And James was beheaded. So there's things that won't get done if you don't pray. They prayed against the wicked plot that was in store for Peter. And uh, God answered the prayer and broke Peter out of prison. There's things you pray for, and there's things you pray against. The Bible talks about moving mountains. Jesus spoke to the storm, and it became the sea became like glass, and the wind stopped blowing. And the disciples said, man, we, we knew Jesus was something special. We didn't know he was like this. What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the waves obey him? So you notice everything responds to the authority you have in Christ. And that authority, one of the main ways you exercise it is in prayer. Number one, prayer changes things. There's things you pray for, and there's things you pray against. There's people trying to overthrow the nation I'm in right now, the United States, behind the scenes. I'm not praying for them, I'm praying against them. Then there's things you pray for. I, I do my best, unless I forget, to pray for you at the end of every one of these broadcasts. Many of you don't have anybody praying for you. You only hear people say negative things to you. So I pray for you, you know. Um, I watched that documentary on the Chicago Bulls that's on Netflix. And I didn't realize that Phil Jackson that coached the Chicago Bulls to those six championships and then uh, did well with the Lakers after that, he's not a Christian. I think he's a Buddhist, but his mother and father were Pentecostal ministers and he said his mother always had them in church and was always praying for them. So I've, I've noticed that prayer releases a grace on people. When you pray, it releases a grace on you, and then the people that you pray for, particularly your children, there's like a grace that will operate. I mean, that guy's the most successful coach, arguably, uh, maybe inarguably, the most successful coach in basketball history. And he had a mother that prayed for him all the time in English and tongues. 
and it put a grace on his life. She was, you know, she must have been praying for, uh, for him to do well in life, and he's done very well in life. Number one, prayer changes things. There's things you pray for, and there's things you pray against. Number two, prayer doesn't only change things. Prayer changes you. And I started to get ahead of myself a little bit and got into that. When you spend time in prayer, the Bible says when Jesus went to the mountain of transfiguration in, in Mark chapter 9, that the visage of his count, countenance was changed to sparkling white, like bleach white. When you spend time in prayer, if you're doing it properly, you're spending time in the presence of God. And as you spend time in the presence of God, it changes you. It, it has an effect on your body. I have a friend, Pastor Bob Nichols, in Fort Worth, Texas. He prays. You know, he's, he's heading up on 90 years old. It's had a, his mind is as sharp as can be. He calls me about once every 10 days on average, I would say. And, and it, it's not a labor to talk to him. It's not, so, it's not like listening to one of the presidential candidates, that mind is obviously gone. He, he's a sharp, you know, tell me that he's been watching me this week. I enjoyed it when you preached on this. I liked it when you said this. You know, people that pray, it, change, <clears throat> it changes them. And nothing God ever does changes us for the worse. Everything that has to do with God changes us for the better. So when you spend time in God, uh, with God in prayer, it changes you. It has an effect on your physical vitality, your mental acuity, um, let alone it releases supernatural power on your life and a grace on your life. Now let me just talk about the importance of prayer because probably you could add this in as a tenth prayer mistake. People aren't going to pray if they, don't, uh, if they don't understand the importance of prayer. Turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. I usually use this passage to preach on prosperity, but it's, it's an interesting prayer scripture too. 1 Kings, the third chapter, verse 3. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. Verse 5, That night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Ask, and I will tell you. Solomon replied, You showed great and faithful love to your, to, to your servant, my father David because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you've continued to show him great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you've made me king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they can't be counted. Notice how Solomon's having a, just a conversation with God. You don't have to go into some crazy mode like, like pulling a lawnmower cord and, and just 
talking to God like you just snorted your meth off of a biker's switchblade. You did your first line of coke. Well, let's pray. Father God, we come. You don't have to pray like that. God is a, you know, God is a person. So you can speak to him. Adam walked with him and talked with him in the cool of the day. There's been many times I've prayed like that, particularly in the car by myself. Father, I put my faith out this week to be the best week we've ever had in the ministry. The most reach, the most people reached, the best week financially. A lot of times I'll say on every measurable metric, let this be the best week we've ever had. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't go, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, God's, you don't have to go into some mode like you, like you belong in a mental institution to pray. The Bible says when you pray, don't pray like the, the Pharisees who think they're heard because of their multitude of words. So multitude of words does not move God. It actually irritates him. Well, let's pray. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're worthy, Lord, you're worthy. You know, God's up in heaven like, is he okay? Does he need healing? Do I need to send an angel? Is he mid-stroke? You can speak with God. You should have a picture when you pray of God, uh, your father on the throne, and you're speaking with him. That'll save all the theatrics. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So notice you can ask for things in prayer that please God, that aren't stupid, that God says, man, this guy is intelligent. So watch what he did. He was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. By the way, I'm not, I'm not covering it. Uh, well, I guess I am going to cover it because I'm going to talk about it right now. But it's not, I should say it's not one of the nine prayer mistakes. But this shows you the importance of praying for things that have to do with God's kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So when you pray for the advancement of God's kingdom, he adds other things to your life that you're not even asking for. Solomon, Solomon's whole focus in this prayer was on help for God's kingdom. And God said, I'm going to grant you what you asked for, I'll give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one has ever had or ever will have. And I'll also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow, obey my decrees and commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. So God added to him long life and riches, and all he was asking for was wisdom uh, to bless God's kingdom. Good to see you in South Africa. So it's important to not ask for stupid things in prayer. Because it's an interesting story, you know, that Solomon, his requests not only were granted, but his requests pleased God and caused God to add other things to his life. And that's where that would be the scripture I would get, that there's a grace that's added to your life when you pray. 
that God not only answers what you ask for, God will add things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you do, all the other things will be added unto you. That's why probably the best use of your prayer time, let me just put it like this. You shouldn't spend any time in prayer um, not praying for God's kingdom and its advancement and the churches and the leadership that God's put in charge. That's what Paul said. Paul said, I have the constant burden of the churches. I, I pray for them. I make intercession for them. And the Bible says when you put God's kingdom first in your giving or your praying, anything you put God's kingdom first in, all the other things that you could be doing instead are added unto you. Now, let's get into it. Nine prayer mistakes. Why do people have failing prayer lives? People have served the Lord who said, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you knoweth not. Jeremiah 33.3. Why have people served God for eight years, 15 years, 25 years, and they can't point to one supernatural thing that uh, came about as a result of prayer. Let's remove the mistakes. Nine prayer mistakes. Number one, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Matthew 6, verse 5. Jesus said, when you pray, no, it's not if you pray, when you pray. So probably key number one is have a prayer life. Then he said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And the Bible says will reward you publicly. So... You not only have it with Solomon, you have Jesus speaking it here, that private prayer produces a public reward. Private prayer produces a public reward. Prayer mistakes. Number one, only praying publicly. I've said before, if you, only, if you don't pray privately, don't pray in public, because people that are spiritually discerning can tell. Good to see you, Kristen. Thanks for the greeting. You can tell people when they have them get up in church to pray, and that's the only time they pray. Their prayer is dead. Their prayer is completely dry. You can't feel a drop of the anointing or the presence of God on their praying. Father God, we just come to you right now, Father God, and we just ask you to bless this service, Father God. And you can tell. That's the first time that guy's prayed since the last time they had him pray in church. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be a hypocrite like the Pharisees that only pray in public. You should have a private, secret prayer life. Now, obviously, there's a place for public prayer. He's not saying you only pray privately and never pray publicly. Acts chapter 4 was a public prayer meeting. But it's a mistake to only pray publicly and have no private prayer life. Num nine prayer mistakes. Number one, only praying publicly. Number two, turn to John chapter 16, and this is one I'm surprised that so few people know. 
John 16, verse 23. John 16, 23. Jesus said, in that day, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive that your joy may be full, or you will have abundant joy. Man, those are two power-packed scriptures on prayer. John 16 23 and 24. In that day, Jesus said, you won't ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you'll ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. Not he might grant your request. He will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before, but ask the Father using my name and you will receive that your joy may be full. Prayer mistake number two, not praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. And I'll break that down into into sections. I, I am baffled when I hear somebody that's been in the ministry a long time or even a short time. Say, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we ask you, Jesus said in that day, you won't ask me. You'll go to the Father in my name, which is consistent. Obviously, the whole Bible is consistent. It's consistent with the teaching in the book of Hebrews that you'll come boldly before the throne and you come in, and we covered this yesterday through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You go to the Father. The blood of Jesus gave us the ability to go to the Father. And think of it like a bouncer at a door of a club. The name of Jesus is what gives you access. So don't pray to Jesus and don't say in your name. Say the name of Jesus. You know, because you hear people, Father, we, we come to you, and then they close the prayer, in your name. What do you mean your name? We're not praying in the name of the Father. And you say, well, you know, people say, well, that's a, little, that's a little technical, isn't it? Well, why did Jesus take time? God didn't fill his word with unimportant, unnecessary things. If Jesus took time to instruct his disciples to go to the, don't ask me. He, said, he specifically said, don't ask me. Go to the Father and use my name and he'll grant you whatever you ask for. So A, you pray to the Father. B, use the name of Jesus. Because there's power in that name. You know, I'm not looking. God bless you in South Africa. Zulu warrior princess. I like that name. Not for me, but for you. If I used the name Zulu warrior princess, I think people would know almost instantly that it was a total lie. I'm not Zulu. I'm not a warrior. And I'm not a princess. You know, I'm not doing it to split hairs. But it's wrong to pray. Dear Jesus, we come to you. And obviously nowhere in the Bible is it taught to pray to saints like God's up in heaven 
you know, behind on tending the people's prayers. And so he needs help from St. Jude and, you know, all these different saints that you pray for to for different things. No, you don't pray to Jesus. You don't pray to saints. You don't pray to Mary. It's not in the Bible. You go to the Father using the name of Jesus. Number three, nine prayer mistakes. Number three. Well, I said how many times to say it wrong. Let's say how you would do it right. You'd say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now. So you, the rest of your prayer is a blank check. You can ask for what you want. You can pray for what you want. But think of it as a sandwich. There's two pieces of bread that are necessary for a sandwich. And there's two parts that your prayer needs to have. Father, in the name of Jesus. And then all of the sandwich in the middle you can pick. Number three, nine prayer mistakes. Prayer mistake number three, turn to Isaiah 43, 26. Thanks for joining me today. Lisa, Anna, Capri, Mario. Great to see everybody. Glad you're taking time with me. Isaiah 43, 26. Let us review the situation together. And you can present your case to prove your innocence. Come, let us reason together, and you can present your case and prove your innocence. Turn to 1 John 5. So I, what I wanted you to take away from that is God wants you to make a case when you pray. It's no wonder there's been so many great former lawyers that became great preachers. Charles Price, who's the only one that's coming to mind, right? Uh, Finney was one as well, right? Because God reasons like a judge. You know, he's, he calls himself a judge in, in the word. A, a judge doesn't care how nice a guy you are or how sad you are. You have to make your case from the law or the Constitution if you're arguing in the Supreme Court. Well, think of this as God's law. So you make your case, not for, oh God, I, I don't think I can take this anymore. I no, make your case from the word. Father, you said this in your word. I'm having the opposite right now. It's not right. You said this. I ask you to make your word good in my life. 1 John 5. Verses 14 and 15. And we are confident, check this, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we know that he will give us whatever we ask for.
Try it in the King James. And this is the first John five fourteen and fifteen, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, why would they translate that for what pleases Him? That's a, that's a far stretch from his, according to His will. Let's see what Dake's note is on it. This means according to His word. God cannot deny His word or Himself. We should consider the answers as sure as if we already had them. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, and write this down, God's word is his will. God's word is his will. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've desired of him, or we know, it says in the New Living Translation, that he will give us, but it doesn't, see, the New Living, I'm getting close to burning it, because it doesn't say he will give us what we ask for. It says we already have the petitions that we've made. Prayer mistake number three, not praying backed by the word of God. Why should you make your case according to the word of God? Number one, that's what God wants. Put me in remembrance. Make your strong reasons before me. Present your case. You present your case from the word. You know, you want your husband to be saved? He's not serving the Lord. Make a case from the word of God why he should be saved from scripture. Father, you said in Ezekiel 18.4, all souls belong to you. You said in 2 Peter 3.9, you're willing that none should perish. You don't want my husband to perish. You want him to come to repentance. So on the authority of those scriptures, I'm asking you, you know, you're telling God, I'm coming into agreement with you. You wrote that. But your prayer has to pull down God's will into the earth. Nothing just happens except bad things, chaos. But Jesus said, pray that my will that's done in heaven be done on earth. You know what that means? God's will doesn't happen. Well, you know, there's people that believe whatever happens is God's will. Get in a car crash. Well, I know God has a plan in this. No, uh, he might have a plan for you to learn how to drive better. God's not up in heaven as a marionette pulling the strings. Decisions determine destiny. Behold, I set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Oh, that you would choose life, that you and your descendants might live. Life is not a product. Your life and your destiny is not a product of what God desires. Your life will be a product of decisions you make to either rebel against God or pursue God's plan for your life. And one of the main ways you pursue that is in prayer. Hallelujah. 
Well, it took me about 39 minutes, but I think I just woke up. I feel this thing. So, when you pray, you make your case from God's word. Not, you know, there's going to be a major difference between somebody that's praying that's sick from them saying, God, I don't know how much longer I can take this pain. Either heal me or take me home. You know, what is that? But if you say, Father, your son took stripes upon his back. He carried away all my sicknesses and all my disease. If he took it, explain to me why I'm carrying it. I, I declare this illegal in my body. In Jesus' name, on the authority of Isaiah 53, on the authority of Matthew 8, on the authority of 1 Peter 2, 24, has no right to be in my body. There's going to be a big difference in the results of people who pray for others. Father, you see Sister Teresa. Lord, she's hurting so badly. Like God doesn't know. Oh, she is? I had no idea. Father, you, you see her struggling right now. Lord, we just ask that you be with her. And Father, either just heal her or take her home. We hate, you know, there's no scripture. There's no word. You come and say, Father, you said in your word in James chapter 5 that if any are sick, we should anoint them with oil and pray, pray the prayer of faith. And our prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up. We take you at your word. Let Teresa receive your healing now in Jesus' name. There's going to be a, a major difference in the results of the two people. The second thing, this is very important. You not only make a case to God from his word, because that's the way he operates, it will help you stay in faith. Instead of just saying, uh, you know, you, most people that get done praying, then the devil works on their mind with doubt. They're not even sure it's going to work or not. Father, I ask you to give me a job. These three interviews I went through, let one of them call back in Jesus' name. Amen. Then you get done praying. Nah, they're not going to call. So you know what? When you make the case from God's word, it's not only the way God responds, but it helps build a solid foundation in your spirit that I know that I've asked. Remember, 1 John 5. I'm going to read it again. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he hears us. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of him. Verse 14, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So knowing that you're asking according to God's will brings confidence for you. Hey, Aunt Lou, I love you. Tell Uncle Jay I said I love him too. I, I think about you guys a lot. I want to see you soon. Praying backed by God's word will bring a confidence to your prayer life. And if the devil tries to sow doubt into your mind, you know, it says it here, it says it here, it says it here, it says it here. And the Bible says we have a confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, he'll answer us. Prayer mistake number three, 
not praying backed by the word. God's not moved by your tears. God's not moved by your story about how hard you're having it. God's moved by his, his word. God's moved by faith. There's no faith detached from the word of God. Nine prayer mistakes. Prayer mistake number four. We already read it. John 16, 23 and 24, but I'm going to read it again. John 16, because this is a big mistake. John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye ask in the name of the Father, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Number four, nine prayer mistakes. Number four, not praying for a specific result. Kenneth Hagin used to ask people when they said they'd like prayer, what are, you pray what are you believing for? And they would say, nothing in particular. And he would say, that's exactly what they get. If you went to a grocery store and were just wandering around for four hours, and the manager came out and said, uh, I've seen you here for quite a while and you don't have anything in your cart. Can I help you? What are you looking for? Groceries. What, what groceries? Well, whatever. Whatever the Lord wills. What are, you, what are you believing God for right now? What are you praying for right now? Whatever God wants. No. Ask specifically. Solomon asked specifically. Joshua spoke to the sun to stand still. Specific request. You should have measurable specific requests. I'm just praying for America. What? Pray for specific things. Pray against specific things. If you should know when your prayer's been answered. How are you going to know your prayer's been answered if you're asking for ethereal things? Father, just let, as the butterflies fly today and as we see the flowers out in full bloom, reminded of grace. How are you going to measure that? You know, if you want to do an Emily Dickinson poetic prayer, knock yourself out. But you should pray to get a result. That's right, Evangelist TJ. Jesus asked the blind men, what would you like me to do for you? Matthew chapter 9. Sir, that I, we want to receive our sight. And instantly their blindness was healed. Number four, nine prayer mistakes. Number four, not praying for a specific result. Nine, pray specifically. Nine prayer mistakes. Number five, Romans 8.26. Turn there with me. Romans 8.26. Oh, I have the marker in. How fortunate. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself or himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in our natural language. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. And in, in context, it would be our prayer infirmities. 
1 Corinthians 14, 14. Where are you, 1 Corinthians? There you are. Sometimes I feel like the books of the Bible moved on me. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So the Bible says you're to lean on the spirit in prayer. The Bible says if you pray in another tongue, your spirit prayeth. Nine prayer mistakes. Number five, not praying in the spirit. That's why the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so essential. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoken with other tongues, I would make that my number one priority in life right now. I would get to a place where you can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're never going to receive it in a church that doesn't believe in it. And you're not going to receive it at a church that doesn't have spiritual services. Prayer mistake number five, not praying in the spirit. The Bible says you do not know what you should pray for, nor how you should pray. So you have to lean on the spirit. You know, you can tell the difference between somebody that prays in the flesh and somebody that prays in the spirit. Father God, we just come to you today, oh God. God, we just ask you, you know, it's been 10 seconds. You've said nothing. You've said God five times. You don't even call him Father. But when somebody prays in the Spirit, you know, that's why old timers, the Bible says, enter into his presence with singing. That's why, you know, spiritual people, when they get up to pray, you know what, before I pray, let me have Sister Bernice come and sing that, that song, and it would usher in the presence of God so they could get in the Spirit. Elisha called for a minstrel before he prophesied. Then they'll pray. Oh, Father, we love you. Blessed be your name. There's a big difference. Prayer mistake number five, not praying in the spirit. Prayer mistake number six, Matthew 21, 22. Matthew 21, 22. You can pray for anything, Jesus said, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Number six, not praying in faith. Your prayers should be soaked in faith. I think it was F.F. Bosworth said, the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the prayer of unbelief will do absolutely nothing. Father, we pray for Sister Nancy today, but Lord, if it's not your will, you don't know the will of God, you can't have faith if you're unsure of God's will. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man expect to receive anything from the Lord. Pray in faith. I asked a pastor's wife one time. She said, my son has an ear infection. Would you pray for him? I said, sure, before I could pray. You know, I want God to heal him, but then if God's not going to heal him, then, I, then we I, just pray that uh, we can find a specialist. Settle what you're asking for. Pray in faith. Speak to the mountain. Elijah prayed for it to rain. The sky was cloudless. He said, check again. I know my prayer is going to work. 
I know my prayer's working. There's no way it can remain cloudless. Look again. Pray in faith. We call it done. And let me tell you the difference between praying in faith and praying in unbelief. When people would pray for the sick at church growing up, the prayer of unbelief, Father, heal them. But if it not be your will, O oh Lord, we understand. Unbelief. Faith, Father, heal them. We call it done. That's what people of faith would always say when they finished their prayer. We call it done. We know you've heard us. And you said, your word says, if you hear us, we, you will answer us. We call it done in Jesus' name. Prayer mistake number six, not praying in faith. Matthew 21, 22. Prayer mistake number seven. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, this is for anybody, anybody that's a disciple. You don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to own a suit. He said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. There it is again. Got to pray in total faith. Remove doubt. And nothing removes doubt like the washing of the water of the word of God. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it. Not if you believe that you will receive it. If you believe that you have received it. It will be yours. You don't believe it. You don't believe that you've received it when you're holding it. You believe that you've received it when you pray. Prayer mistake number seven, not believing that you've received. Now, Jonathan, I've been praying for my husband. I'm believing for God to save him, but you know, he just he gets worse. You don't believe you've received? You're gonna pray and then cancel out everything you've prayed with your stupid words. Number seven, not nine prayer mistakes. Number seven, not believing that you have received when you pray. That's why people of faith, when they pray, when they get done, I call it done. I thank you for it. I'm not waiting to thank you for it. I thank you for it now because I know you've done it. I ordered a bunch of stuff off Amazon the last two days. Credit card's been charged. It's been shipped. I don't have it in my hand. I'm not worried about it. They've never missed one package. And if I can trust Jeff Be bug-eyed Jeff Bezos, how much more can I trust my father God? Believe that you've received it. Number eight, Mark eleven twenty five. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive you too. Prayer mistake number eight, not forgiving those that you have odd against. Doesn't, shouldn't take a lot of explanation. You can't hold a grudge. You have to forgive people or it clogs your prayer. Like the one sink you have in, in your house that if you don't brush your teeth in less than 15 seconds, the whole sink's full because it's clogged. Unforgiveness 
God forgave you of a lot of stuff. He expects you to forgive other people or it'll block your prayer. Prayer mistake number eight, not forgiving those that you have ought against or holding a grudge. And finally, prayer mistake number nine, Psalm 100, verses two through four. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Prayer mistake number 9, no joy. You can't come into God's presence sad. People that were depressed weren't allowed to serve in the temple because God's presence is a happy presence. If you want to see a frustrated prayer life, Pray, you know, I'm just so concerned, Father, about what's going on in the nation. No, Father, I thank you that you sit in heaven and laugh at the plans of the wicked. I thank you that the wicked make plans, but your word says they're unable to carry them out. I rejoice today. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Prayer mistake number nine, no joy. You should start your prayer with joy. You should pray happy throughout the prayer, and you should close it out happy. Father, I praise you ahead of time because I know it's done. I give you the glory. These, my husband is coming home. My children, I see them serving the Lord in Jesus' name. I see open doors. Hallelujah. You are great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. You'll get so caught up praising God, you'll forget what you were even concerned about. Start in praise and finish in praise. Oh, Lord, you are great. You are an unfailing God. You're too faithful to, to fail. What a mighty God we serve. There is nobody like you in heaven. Nobody like you in the earth. You know what? Lift your hands where you're at. Let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you that you're a faithful God. You're a prayer-answering God. You're not a dumb idol that somebody carved out of wood or stone. You're the living God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I thank you that you promised to bless us, not once in our lifetime, every day you bless us. Your blessing overtakes us. Hallelujah. I loose that blessing. First in my life, I covet it. I receive it. And I loose your blessing in the lives of everyone watching today, I curse sickness and disease. I curse any attack of the devil against the physical bodies of anybody watching. I bless their marriage. I bless them. I bless everything they put their hand to. In Jesus' name, thank you that it's a real blessing. Thank you this studio and all this equipment is proof that you know how to bless people. Simple people that believe your word. I give you glory. You are wonderful. There is nobody like you in heaven and nobody besides you on the earth. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. What an awesome God. The God that rolled back the waters of the Red Sea. You brought your people out of Egypt in one night. You are great. We give you glory. If you've never received Jesus Christ, you can't pray to him. The man that regards iniquity in his heart, the Lord does not hear him. 
They're going to put a phone number on the bottom of the screen right now. And I want you to call and give your life to Jesus Christ. There it is. 412-440-1412. Leave it up. Please call it right now. And then I want you to, to give. Prayer and giving go hand in hand. Cornelius, Solomon, everyone who gives today, I'm going to send you this brand new book on prayer. Maybe the best book ever written on it by my, my great friend, Kofi. Boldly I come, praying according to God's word. If you enjoyed today, this will be like pouring kerosene on the fire you received. Thank you, Jacqueline. Everybody that sows a seed of any size, I'm going to send this to you as a way of saying thank you right now. In this big Dake annotated reference Bible, I'm believing God this month for 300 people to sow a seed of $1,000. I'm going to send you this. Anybody that does the $1,000 today, I'm going to send you a lot of stuff. If you can't do the 1000 give the tithe and believe for the rest of the seed. Thank you, Karina. Today would be a great day to sow a seed of thanksgiving to God. I thank you for access to you in prayer. Hashtag donate. You can go to revivaltoday.com and click give now. I'll be right back on with you after this. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, back with you. Thank you, Katie. A lot of givers today. Thank you, Kareem. Kareem Sabah. Thanks for watching on YouTube. You heard me say I'm believing for God to raise up 300 people this month that would sow 1,000 to stand with Adonis and I as we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want you to sow whatever you sow today and believe for a harvest. What would you like God to do for you? God told Cornelius, your prayers and your giving have gone up to God as a sweet offering, and it loosed a blessing into their home. Solomon gave, and the Lord said, what would you like me to do? When you mix praying with giving, it's powerful. Thank you, Missy. Thank you, Heidi. Anyone that sows a seed of any size, I'm going to send you this great book on prayer written by one of the greatest guys you'd ever meet. And then anyone that does a thousand or more, I'm going to send you this Dake Annotated Reference Bible, which is a great gift, plus a lot of other stuff. Because the thousand dollar level is another level. $1,000 seeds basically turn you from like a regular giving Christian to you start giving substantially. You become a Christian that didn't spend more money on your flat screen TVs than in your home than you did on uh, advancing the kingdom. It makes a change. Amen, Missy. I'm going to agree with that for that with you. 
God bless you, TJ. I pray, I pray the Lord opens all kinds of doors for you. And the money will never stop flowing into your ministry in Jesus' name. God bless you, Tanika, and your husband, David. God bless you, Tari. So to a hundred dollars said tithing in advance, believing for increase. Well, you got generous people on Facebook today and YouTube. Put up the different ways to give again. If you're in the United States, you can use Cash App dollar sign RT Give. God bless you, Sue. There's another one of the three hundred that sold a thousand. Get ready for the greatest thank you package we've ever sent out. Tina said, how do I give? On YouTube, you can do the super chat. The easiest way is just to go to revivaltoday.com and click give now. Because all the ways to give are listed under that. If you're in the United States, you can use Cash App, dollar sign RT give. You can mail it the old-fashioned way. Just make your check payable to Revival Today, P.O. Box 7. Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. However you give, please take the second step and go to revivaltoday.com and click claim your offer because it, that way I know, uh, or the people in the office know what we were offering that day and what program you watched. Wow, Jonathan. The Lord said purge YouTube, TV, and Netflix and become a monthly partner. It'll pay dividends. I love you, John and Anna. You're doing great. I'd ask you how you're doing, but I've been keeping tabs on you, and you're doing awesome. We haven't had anybody mess up hashtag donate on Facebook. Must be the grace from the praying. Love you, Denise. Over in Islington. Put the phone number up to call in. If anybody has a question, I'll give you three minutes. Four one two two zero six six two seven four. If you have any question on prayer, testimony. Four one two two zero six six two seven four. You're welcome, Kareem. Tamra said, "I gave a hundred dollars to Revival today, and the next morning had twelve thousand in my account. After living on nothing for five months, after struggling with unemployment." came through in less than 24 hours. Man, we get testimonies all the time of held up money being released when people sell. Your name and where you're calling from. It was a valiant effort. If you call in, just listen on your phone. You can't listen on, on uh, whatever you're watching on because there'll be like a 20-second delay. 
Your name and where you're calling from? My name is John. I'm calling from Methuen, Massachusetts. I know where that is. Good to hear from you. Yeah, I saw you last week. That's why I'm calling. I want to give testimony to prayer. Let's hear it. I, uh, like I said, the, 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 I'm also a member of a 12-step program, so that they say the only scoff, the prayers are the ones that, that don't do it enough, so that, uh, you know, I was taught early on that uh, God helps those that ask, and uh, so I ask daily, you know, and I thank Him in the evening, you know, for the day. And, uh, boy, it was just such a blessing to see you, and I got to go in the, uh, I did the, at the pool, and uh, at the end of uh, after you had left, so oh, oh you got baptized to thank Friday you again night for coming to Massachusetts, and like you said, if God is for you, who can be against us? You got baptized Friday night. Are you? Did you? Are you there? Yeah. Did you get baptized Friday night? Yes, I did. That's awesome. I'm I'm so proud of you. Way to go. So that, you know, I mean, I, I can't believe, you know, it's like I've been looking for guys like you. You know, I, I had the pastor and I, you know, I called him out. I said, what are you doing staying at home being on Zoom? You know, I said, you got to be, uh, you should be out here, you know, helping us. You know, not that I need the help, but there's people hiding. They, I find them cowering in fear. And it's, uh, it's I find it disturbing. Well, but I just wanted to give that testimony. Yeah, you're and, uh, you're yeah. right on the money. I, I, I love you in Massachusetts. Thanks What's for that. I said, you're, on, you're yeah, right on the money. Are. I love you. Thanks for coming to the meetings in Massachusetts. God bless you. Man, that made my day. Well, that's it. We'll check the news tonight. If you've not re- received the Revival Today app, don't only subscribe. Keep it playing in your house all the time. How many more commercials do you want to watch telling you to wash your hands and socially distance? Just put something on that fills you with faith. It's free to download. You can also do it right on your computer on revivaltoday.tv. Love you, Heidi, Tamra. Oh, your kids got baptized Friday night in Fitchburg. Awesome. Dorothy, Paul. Thanks for the kind words, Paul. God bless you, Kristen. Nice meeting you on here, Kareem. I love you. Have a great day. God bless you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.